Hello there, you're listening to The Box Office Show. I'm Ryan Hill. And I'm Dylan Johnson. Today we're going to be talking about the box office numbers from last weekend and our box office predictions for this upcoming weekend. We will also be talking about Dwayne The Rock Johnson's passion project. For 15 years, he's been trying to get this film made. And finally, it has hit theaters. We are talking about Black Adam. All right, to start out with some news, we have a lot of DC-focused news, which makes sense given the episode. A huge announcement, James Gunn and Peter Safran have been chosen to lead DC Studios for at least the next four years. They're going to be dealing with creating the creative vision of the DC Cinematic Universe and laying the groundwork so that it can be connected and make sense and not be this jumbled mess that it's been the past few years so what do you think about that dylan sounds good sounds uh sounds exciting that they're in that direction do you think it's a conflict of interest though with james gunn in in the mcu do you think he's going to intentionally tank guardians 3 (laughs) no i think it's terrible too far along in the development for that to happen but it is interesting that yeah he was talked about as being the successor or right-hand man to Kevin Feige, that he was being groomed for that position. But, of course, when he momentarily got fired by Disney and then DC scooped him up to make The Suicide Squad, apparently he decided that he wanted to build a future with DC and be the lead guy and not the right-hand man. So, yeah, now he's doing that. He'll have his guardian special who have guardians three and then he will be focused entirely on dc at that point it is interesting that they gave like the four year thing you would assume they might have gone a little bit longer just because i mean any films that they green light will just be coming out at the end of their tenure but mm-hmm. i guess they're just doing a trial run and ultimately they want them to lay out the plans and then you know, they may choose to Warner Bros. Have them. take the reins back. Yeah, they might do that. Or they might, hopefully they'll be smart and they'll be like, okay, yeah, we'll continue to yeah. pay you to lead our division so that it yeah. doesn't go haywire once again. But going off of that, of what the future of the DC will look like, Henry Cavill has returned as Superman. He's made the official announcements. It's been getting teased forever by... <laughs> The Rock during his Black Adam marketing campaign. And finally, it's been confirmed he has returned to the role of Superman. We have heard that there's reports of Man of Steel 2, or just the Superman sequel, whatever it'll end up being called. It's uh, looking for writers at the moment, taking pitches from people. So it seems like it's an active development, but of course, it hasn't been officially announced. But given that the like HBO accounts and Warner Brother accounts, they've officially started advertising Man of Steel again, which they haven't done in forever. So it seems like, yes, the long-term plan is they're going to have Henry Cavill return. And that is one component of this new DC uh, 
universe going forward. They're also trying to change it from DCEU to just DCU, <laughs> which I don't think makes sense, but okay, whatever. I never Go thought DCEU it. made sense either. Well, it's just because they wanted to avoid DCCU, which I can understand, but I thought DCEU was fine. DCU, it just doesn't make sense. Is it just DC universe? universe? Yeah. Like, what are they doing? Unless they want that C to now stand for cinematic, but then it would be, I don't know, are they pairing DC into just the word or just the letter D? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. But anyway, that's what they're trying to call it going forward. But yeah, that's the news regarding DC and what's going on there. Yeah. Now we can switch into our box office breakdown for October 21st to the 23rd. Coming in first, no surprise here, the uh, the big changer of the hierarchy of power itself black adam with 67 million domestically ryan your thoughts seeing as this is one of your picks for the box office draft it is indeed one of my picks it could have been better i would have loved for it to have been better because it was it's behind venom from last year shang chi from last year mm -hmm. so it is not the big blowout it could have been it's also not a disaster some people were pointing out like 40 million or 50 million that would have been very bad that would have been yeah disastrous um, for sure indeed and then i think the worldwide total that it got over the weekend was 140 million which again it could have been much better but it's not a disaster so it's not gonna absolutely kill me of course it was never meant to be the shining ground jewel of my roster but mm -hmm. i'm still hoping that it'll continue to bring in audiences during a relatively dead um, box office time before Wakanda Forever comes out. So hopefully it'll continue to bring in some folks. Hopefully it'll get a China release date because The Rock is huge over there. So hopefully that'll happen and I can boost the box office numbers as well. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, I think, adequate. You know, didn't blow my expectations out of the water, but thankfully it wasn't a train wreck. So... You know, we can take what we can get. Yeah, that sounds about right. In second place was Ticket to Paradise with $16.5 million. Smile in third place with $8.4 So it was the horror film of the weekend, mm -hmm. which is crazy because yeah. Halloween Ends just came out the week before. Yep, and Halloween Ends only made $8 million. That is an 80% drop. Wowza! <laughs> That is uh, 54 million domestic total. That is abysmal. It really is shockingly atrocious. So, yeah, it's not not going to get anywhere close to 100 million domestic. And, of course, Halloween Kills didn't even cross that marker last time. So, quite a drop-off for the series of films. Of not course, surprising. Peacock is part of that. Since you people like Dylan can sit at home and watch it instead of having to go out to the theater and it was five do months. that whole thing. It was five bucks for a whole month of Peacock. Now I can watch all of Yellowstone, too. Oh, really? Are you going to do that? Well, yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, I paid the five bucks for it. Wow, crazy. Uh, we also have, after that, Lyle Lyle Crocodile, 4.2 million. The Woman King, 1.8 million. Terrifier 2, moving up the list once again. 1.7 million this time. A 70% increase from last week. Don't worry, darling, 867,000. Amsterdam with 824,000. Which, I mean, they've made like what? 10 million on an $80 million budget? Yeah, something like that. 
Snyder. That's, that, talk about abysmal. Amsterdam is a huge flop. Triangle of Sadness, last in the spot with 601,000. I, I see we are notably missing a name stay this week. We sure are. It is the, the Top Gun Maverick week where it is no longer in the top 10. Rest After 23 weeks, I think it's been. My God. So, yeah. very Almost half the year. Yeah, a very impressive run, of course. It has fallen off the list, but it has made box office history, so good for them. But yeah, they weren't able to hold it out for too much longer. Always in our hearts. Let's do the box office predictions for this upcoming weekend, the 28th of October to the 30th. Black Adam in the second weekend. What do you think it's going to do? I'm feeling, I'm feeling 33 million at most. I am hoping that it'll be able to get 33 million. Uh, we'll see. Because that would be a 50% drop. We'll see if. It's just there's it not does a lot it. else coming out, you know? It's true, but it's also Halloween weekend, so. Fair. People can be out partying and whatnot. Anyway. People are going to go want to watch horror movies anyway. Maybe Smile will get an uptick. That'd be crazy. That would be. So I am hoping that there's going to be a three in front of the number. I'm not sure that it'll happen, though, but. Hopefully it'll have a good hold and audiences will be like, yeah, it's a fun thing. But again, maybe the weekend, yeah, the timing of it just won't work out. But then hopefully, yeah, the third weekend, it'll also have a strong hold. So yeah, we'll see. I'll say around 30 million. Yeah. Also coming out this weekend is a new horror movie called Pray for the Devil. Any thoughts on that, Ryan? Any Absolutely not. We'll say, what, 7 million? Sure, maybe. I mean, it's only going to get an uptick because it's Halloween weekend, but... I haven't heard a single thing about it until I saw the poster for it at a Regal yesterday. And I still don't know anything about it. I've just seen the poster. That's it. That's all I know about it. So yeah, just... maybe seven million if it's lucky. <laughs> okay, and now we will begin our discussion of Black Adam. Alright. So a long time coming, of course. The Rock's Passion Project. Mm-hmm. One of the films in my roster. Mm-hmm. An interesting film as well, since it's in that middle uh, period in between the transition of the previous DC uh, executives and the new ones. Mm -hmm. They were building this up as the hierarchy of power in the DC universe is going to change. Mm -hmm. Dylan. Yeah. Did it change? No. (laughs) there just wasn't really well to be fair there really wasn't a hierarchy of power in the first place (laughs) i mean it was very much in shambles but also i mean you still he's still he's not gonna beat superman he's not gonna beat batman he's not gonna beat aquaman maybe he'll beat the flash i don't know i just i wasn't blown away let's leave it at that i wasn't blown away by the rock's power I was but blown away by his size. He's a huge guy. He is huge. Yeah. He is, he's bigger <laughs> than ever in this movie. But uh, I was not blown away by his portrayal of the character or the power that he's supposed to be exuding. Interesting. What did you know of the character Black Adam before this? Honestly, not much. I just knew he was like the anti-Shazam. I, Black Adam is <laughs> one of the one villains or anti-heroes, whatever you want to call him, that I do not know much about. From the comics. Gotcha. Interesting. And so overall, so we heard about your thoughts on 
uh, the portrayal of Black Adam. You weren't impressed. But any of other overall impressions? I will say, I will say, even though I don't think the hierarchy of power has shifted in any way, <laughs> in any real way, I will say I think The Rock playing Black Adam isn't a bad choice. I don't think he's terrible. I just don't think he is playing the role in the way that he thinks he's playing it. I don't think he is the game changer that he thinks he is, which is honestly perhaps is the best way to play Black Adam because I'm pretty sure Black Adam is pretty arrogant in the comics. And mm-hmm. so he also thinks he's a game changer, but really kind of isn't. So maybe maybe it works. I don't know. I just I feel like The Rock is very... Maybe he's embodying the role a little too well. So are you... Because in the marketing campaign, obviously, yeah. yeah, he's like building that up to try and get people interested and mm-hmm. also boost, I think, his own ego. Sure. Uh, I'm not sure that that was something that was meant to be brought into the character, though, of him being like Black Adam himself, thinking that he's going to be a game changer in any sense. Like that well, was just I think the rocks de- he definitely marketing arrogant. Like he doesn't think anything is a threat to him, and that, that also he, that also works against him in the movie. He's like an unstoppable force apparently so who gives a shit who cares like there's no tension he's just gonna win every time because he does i mean he walks through and he just barrows through soldiers i don't really care about that it's not an interesting action sequence to me sure the tension though i think was supposed to come out from the as the trailers put it so eloquently every single time in every single trailer Mm. the world needed a hero and it got Black Adam. Yeah. And so it was the choice of whether he was going to save the world or destroy it. That is, well, there was no tension there, obviously. I knew, <laughs> we all know from the get-go, he's not going to destroy course, the yeah. world. That would be an amazing twist if they did that. If you went full villain by the end of it, that would be interesting. But uh, my thought was that I just, I got exactly what I was expecting when I walked into it. Uh, it was... Certain sequences were filmed a little bit better than I thought they were going to do, which is nice. Certain sequences were not. And uh, there was a lot of CGI, which isn't inherently a bad thing, but in this movie makes it a little muddled to watch. And uh, I think the side characters were a lot better than Black Adam. Wow, interesting. Yeah, not not great, but a lot better. That is true. I do think, though... That part was at least somewhat intentional because, yeah, The Rock gets a lot of flag for playing the same person in every movie, which mm-hmm. I think is a fair criticism. I don't yeah. think that can be said necessarily about this one. I could agree with that. Because he yeah. does try to he's like, doing something different. This rain back, yeah, like any of the charisma or anything like that. Because he's not the Rock be... in this movie. He is. He's exactly. playing a character this time, which is nice. True, but uh, true. it does not land a hundred percent. I would say. I feel like his his stoicism does not constitute wonderful acting. I think he's just trying to be the big guy in the room and just be threatening the whole time. And uh, it gets kind of boring. The most interesting parts are like the philosophical discussions that they try to have about killing people, about what a hero does, about who he is as a hero. But then it gets hammered in way too hard and it gets boring because like they just keep bringing the same points up on uh, like over and over again and then they change neither of their minds and it's just it becomes a little overbearing sure i also think the issue with that one is they never 
uh, create a true moral dilemma where either right. those characters have to like put into action their different thought processes mm -hmm. and then like actually testing them out in the real world. Yeah, yeah the only villains there are are nameless uh, intergang goons or mm -hmm. a massive demon. red demon person. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not like it's very uh, much of a struggle to figure out like what's going yeah. on there. Because, I mean, if there's ever going to be like people that you would kill off, like it would be those people. So, yeah, yeah. it wasn't that uh, riveting of a conflict because neither of them had to actually test out their ideas like yeah, it was a very safe yeah, choice yeah. to have your killer villain just be killing a bunch of nameless intergang people that yeah have been oppressing this country yeah. for however many years so and you're watching it and hawkman's trying to argue like you can't kill these innocent pe these people no matter what their crimes are and i'm like i i don't care if he kills them or not i haven't been caring the whole time leading up to this so if he kills another one it makes no difference to me dang gotcha Dylan doesn't care about due process. Confirmed. I don't care. I don't care about the goons. I don't care about the goons, man. They've they've set it up so that I like every action movie you watch, you don't really care about the goons. They yeah, die. It happens. True. You can't set up a movie where the moral dilemma is killing people and then have it just be killing goons, like you said. There's just no moral tension. In exactly. Way. So yeah, they would have had no consequences. To no consequences to him killing people so what's the point of telling him not to kill people right well there's that one time where they're like oh we could have interrogated them for information and oh, then black true. adam was yeah. like going to kill them afterwards but yeah um i do think yeah they would have had to toe the line between actually making it a riveting conflict by having him kill some people again he wouldn't be killing innocents but either humanizing the intergang people in a way or having maybe some accidental casualties happen as a result of him taking out some of those intergang people indiscriminately would have mm. helped that idea of like, oh, see what you're doing. You're like willy-nilly massacring these intergang people and other people are getting hurt as a result. And then they tried to incorporate that a little bit with, you know, the kid getting hurt towards the end when he stopped the one dude with the crown. Yeah, we'll get uh, to why I don't like that. Gotcha. But yeah. My overall impressions, yeah. <laughs> my overall takeaway was not about the half-baked philosophical considerations they were trying to put into it. Sure. Because, yeah, I don't think they were well-handled and of course, well-executed at all. I think it was a fun movie. Sure, I'll give you that. It was I fun. I enjoyed it. I thought there were a lot of the action scenes. You were mentioning the CGI. I honestly think it was... Good CGI, none of it like I never stuck said out like the a CGI sore thumb. Bad. I said that the way that they worked around it made it a little muddled to follow. I sure. thought the CGI was good. I think in parts they can do that, but yeah, but I think I thought, overall, like the, I thought the sequence when they were chasing the motorbikes in the air got a little muddled with what was happening, and I thought the same thing about the uh, what was it, the fight with Hawkman and the rest of the JSA when they first encounter Black Adam was a little muddled because of the CGI. Gotcha. In the yeah. same way that, like, I mean, Top the original Top Gun is, like, the expert of being too muddled to understand. So it was, like, <laughs> yeah. in the same vein of, like, it's hard to follow a little bit what's happening. Sure. Yeah, I can see that. Which was my Bro. criticism. The CGI itself was not bad, except for there's, like, two shots of him flying, but he's <laughs> just, like, he's just, like, standing straight up and then, like, levitating. And so it just looks like they, they like, took a picture of him and just clipped it through the, the, the video instead of making it look like he's actually flying. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's bad. You got to give them some motion to make it look like it's not just a, a still image moving through the video. 
Right. But yeah, the individual CGI held up quite well, I sure. thought, which was pretty impressive, especially considering sure. the recent Marvel outings fair, were fair. not great in their CGI. So yeah, it was nice to yeah. see that this one, which was so CGI heavy, was actually able to deliver on that. It's very um, I was also critical of the extended slow-mo sequences. There were just too many. I did hear some things about that. I don't care. I think it worked. I think it was fine. I, I think there are... <laughs> it was definitely shoddy editing in the one sequence right out of the like cave when he's reborn. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we can talk about that one because I think, in theory, it was good. But in execution, it absolutely fell flat. Yeah. But I think the rest of the... Because I can only imagine... So there was that one, and then there was the one where... Uh, although I guess maybe there was definitely a few. There was, was the one where there was one where the killed. kid was about to get attacked. Yeah, yeah. There was that one, and then there was the one where he was holding Sabak down so they could finally kill him. There was the one where he's watching his own son die in the flashback. It happened quite a few times, <laughs> and I was like, "This is very." There's just so many slow motion bits in here. It's getting a little excessive. Like you're not picking your battles enough here. You're just yeah, like it. you're just like this is an intense moment. Let's wind it down a little bit. Let's let's slow it down. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It feel it felt very. Uh, I don't know. It felt like a cheat to try and increase the tension just to, by slowing down time. At certain points, sometimes right. it was cool. Like in the end, when he's holding Sabak down and they're blowing him up, that's just a cool like way to stop it, so that we could just see how awesome the CGI looks. Mm-hmm. It works there, or like in the sequence where where he's just outside of the cave. Like the slow mo works because it's part of the bit, even though the execution isn't great. Like. You can't do that without the slow motion, obviously. But when right. he's watching his son die, I mean, they're just slowing it down to watch him scream. I'm like, you don't, you didn't need to slow this down. <laughs> I guess, sure. But yeah, I think overall, I mean, we named what four sequences. I think three of them were warranted. I think there's more. I just can't remember them. Yeah, but it is interesting to see that the Snyder influence of all the slow mo. Yeah, so still true. part of the same DC universe. Uh, but yeah, I can see in areas where it would be a little heavy handed. Um, and that's the case, I think, as well with other uh, cinematic elements. But I think, again, overall, the experience of it was good. I was having fun. I thought well, it was a dumb movie. <laughs> again, I don't think any of the like deeper themes or character arcs or anything like that were compelling. But I did yeah. think there were enough like just interesting action scenes. I thought some of the comedy that they had put in there was good enough. Got some laughs out of me. I did like the JSA a lot. We'll talk about yeah. that some more. Um, so yeah, it was a pretty by the numbers comic book film, but absolutely, it was it was good. better like, than I thought, I thought it would be, but still not great. I will right. say that for sure. But yeah, even with all the criticism I've just levied against it, it still kept me entertained the whole time. I will say that's true as well. Which I was think surprising. I didn't think is, I'd be entertained. <laughs> it is, I think, a uh, very entertaining film so yeah it yeah. it's not <laughs> going to merit any like deeper discussions about the themes or the impacts that it has or it's not going to change your life or anything like that but for two hours it certainly will entertain you yeah um and i think that's ultimately what they were trying to accomplish mm-hmm. like the rock soul ammo as well is about like oh it's for the fans it's to give you yeah, a good yeah. time i think he delivered on that i think he did so i actually had a very interesting theatrical experience with this i don't think i actually told you this story I went yesterday at like one thirty. I think the show time was like one forty-five. 
mm-hmm. p.m. in the afternoon, and I went alone to Oviedo Mall to go watch this movie, and because uh, I was in the area, and the Oviedo Mall is dead, right? It's it's been dead. It's done. All the stores are gone. All the restaurants are gone. Sarku isn't even Sarku anymore. It's Teriyaki Japan. I mean, the whole thing is just toast. I go to get my ticket. The kiosk isn't even working. The booth, like the the ticketing booth, has no people or seats or computers in it. It's just an empty booth. To be fair, and they've switched it to like it's the place with every like at least a regal theater I've been to recently. Yeah, everyone is is like that. Yes, the actual box office is not being operated anymore. That's true. Which is sad. They will do it on certain occasions. Like they'll do it probably for Wakanda Forever's opening weekend, but. Yeah, yeah, very rare that they don't so do. You it had anymore. to get so I had to get my tickets at the concession because the kiosk wasn't working. So I went upstairs. There's like four employees in the entire place. I swear to God, there's only there's like two people in the. There's like one guy in the concessions. There's one manager. There's one ticketing lady, and then there's probably one other person walking around in the theaters. I swear there's only four people there. I mean, it's the middle of the afternoon. I'm like the only guy seeing a movie, so I don't sure. blame them. But that's all it is. So I, I go, I get my ticket. The the loyalty unlimited isn't even working on their computer, so they had to bring out the guy to comp it out. <laughs> so they didn't even scan my ticket, so I got a free ticket that didn't even count on my my three tickets a week for the loyalty thing, which is kind of cool, but still kind of ghetto. And so I went to the theater, Auditorium Seven. I won't forget it. All the way in the back, I walk in. They're playing the trailers. No sound. Yeah, so I, I see. Sit, there's one specific theater, which that might be the one where during the trailers, the sound is just horrible. And it no, 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 seems no, like no. it's not going to play. It's not uh, horrible. You're saying that the, there was zero no sound. sound. Zero sound. I'm telling you, like, I was sitting in silence. And I'm the only person in the theater, by the way, because it's 1.30 <laughs> p.m. for Black Adam. I'm sure. the only guy in the theater. I'm sitting in the very center. And I'm just watching all of the trailers silently because I kind of want to see if they'll ever turn it on for me or if I have to go ask them. So I'm sitting there and I watch the entire Shazam trailer with no sound. I watch the whole Regal advertisement where they do the movie quotes with no sound. And I watch them do it silently. I mean, it's it's a bizarre, bizarre experience. And then the movie starts going and I can see like the little logos that they do with the electricity coming on. I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to be hearing that. There's no sound. Yeah, they didn't turn it on. I had to walk all the way out, out of the theater. It's the last theater. All the way down that way. <laughs> through the little hallway. Across the bridge. All the way back into the lobby, which is like a five-minute walk, just to go, hey, can someone turn on the sound? Because there's no sound. And they go, oh, sure. And then I had to walk all the way back, and I missed the entire Kondok introduction. You did? <laughs> when I got back, they were describing how the champion and the king fought, and then the whole city crumbled. So I missed the entire flashback explanation. And I went, fuck it. I don't care. I'll figure it out later. And I pretty much did. But I missed right. all of that. Interesting. Well, first of all. In, a, in an empty theater just myself and watch this movie <laughs> why did you first of all not go out during the trailers to try i to just get wanted to to, I, I really really wanted to see if they would turn it on if they would think that oh he's in the theater let's make sure it's going because i figured like maybe they didn't care to turn the sound on because i got the ticket like 150 five minutes after the movie started maybe they just started playing and we're like nobody bought a ticket why bother play the sound mm-hmm. or maybe it was just like an accident so like maybe someone we would catch on Nobody caught on. Nobody cared. So I went out and I had to be like, hey, just turn the sound on, please. And they're like, sure. And then I went back. Dylan. My guy. I was so curious to see if they would do it. And they didn't. I would not. Yeah, I've trusted that they would have done it. Uh, But anyway. I didn't care that I missed the first five minutes. 
I suppose, but yeah, the Kondok flashbacks, they open it up with, I mean, it was an all right narration thing. All they did is just talk about the people are mining Eternium and the one dude is evil and enslaved, enslaved okay, his own so people. explain what Eternium is. Well, they just say it's this cool uh, resource thing that gives you power or something if you combine it into a crown or whatever. It was just, yeah, it's one of those uh fantastical resources that are amazing like and incredible brain. and exist yeah for no reason so they mentioned that what i was thinking though that you didn't get the full experience of if you missed that initial mm-hmm. flashback is yeah they're uh they talk about this kid who i guess they're supposed to be showcasing as like black adam as the guy that was i caught resisting on I did catch on to the fact that they tried to to dupe us with a kid being Black Adam early on, and I was like, I'm pretty sure The Rock was skinny in the trailer. It's true. I was, I which, was like, what's, what's going on here? And then they did the dupe later in the yeah, movie, and I was like, that. Which is what's crazy, that the trailer completely spoils it, and they reveal it towards the end, and that's supposed to be like the moment where The Rock, or um, <laughs> Black Adam, where he is like, oh, I'll, I'll need to step down, because I was never the hero. I was living the lie. It was just my son this whole time. And he got killed, trying to save me. So. The trailers completely spoiled that. I don't know why they did it because it would have been at least an interesting reversal. But I knew the whole time that as they're showing the son's father, which is clearly as well just the rock, but they're like not showing his face purposely. Like, well, why are they trying to build up this twist? If In the trailers, we know for a fact the kid is his son and the father is the rock. So I don't know why they were doing that. They just shot themselves in the foot, which is quite sad. There's so many people who are like, making movies that are like it doesn't matter if the twist is spoiled it's still within the realm of the movie not spoiled at that moment and so the twist still works and it's like you're forgetting the movie going experience of the individual who has seen the trailer sits down and watches the movie can recognize the rock from the back of his head and understands that there's a twist coming and then he's spoiled by it like they're forgetting that that experience really does exist and so they're not layering in a good twist which sucks Right. But then also when the trailers have him narrate, my son died. He's yeah. like gave his life for me. It's like, OK, yeah. so then we know that the kid's going to die at some point. It's like, why would you do that? It's a huge moment in his it's a big giveaway character arc. Yeah. For him to finally step down. It just makes no sense why they would spoil it. But I was when they were playing the opening thing, I was like, OK, it'll be interesting if they try and do a reversal on this because they do like that trope of. We get the prologue, and then it turns out later on that the prologue is mm-hmm. like false history. And they did it twice. They did do it twice. and Which I think know, worked. I Honestly, if, if it hadn't been spoiled by the trailer or the fact that we know what the back of the rock's head looks like, I think it would have not like, it wouldn't have been like the, the most mind-blowing plot twist, but I think it would have worked within the, the realm of the movie. I think so too. Yeah, And so it sucks that they spoiled it. It does. I forgot yeah, I like that they were... my son died for me. You're right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Because I was thinking about that. Because it's hard not to know. I mean, this the it's trailers the are everywhere. Every single trailer, and it's the very first line. Yeah, so it's just crazy that they did that. It's also crazy that they tried to de-hulkify the Rock in the flashbacks. Just have him be huge. Just have him be this massive guy back in the day. Yeah, it was definitely uh, distracting to see him be like skinny. Yeah, uh, it's like when they made the same uh, head shape. 
Yeah, have you seen Central Intelligence with Kevin Hart and The Rock? It's like the opening bit where he's getting bullied because he's overweight in high school, and so they just put The Rock's face on like a really overweight kid. Dang. <laughs> it looks really Crazy. bad. I'm sure. I'm sure. So then we get uh, a bunch of the side characters coming in. They're going after the crown. We meet the citizens of Kandak. So what do you think of them? The kid, Amon, Amon? Mom. Adriana, the mother, and then Kareem, the comedic relief uncle. I think inner gang is stupid, but I think <laughs> the sequence of them like getting through the city and then going to the like the whole bit up until when Black Adam shows up, I thought it was good. I thought it worked. I thought it worked within the movie. That was fine. Gave me some Indiana That's Jones vibes, and they were crawling through the caves, which is always a good sign. True. That was all right. I thought. <laughs> I just think the idea of inner gang. Is just so dumb. An the international name. grouping of <laughs> criminals coming together to put aside their differences and commit crimes just so that they can have a multi-ethnic group of criminals. Was that what it was? I didn't get the impression it was like a oh, bunch of that, different gangs coming together. I thought it was just a bunch of different gangs. It's one like one organization. It's one organization, but they're like diverse. It's a diverse organization of criminals. Like they're all from different parts of the world. So they could just hire whoever they want to be these people. Like they had to explain yeah. that they were like an like they were uh an internationally diverse gang of criminals. They say it in the introduction in the prologue that Amon does. And I'm like, right. why? Why? <laughs> why? Why can't you just say that they're a gang of criminals? Why are they called inner gang? It's a bad name. Why do they why do you have to have that explanation? Why can't they just be ethnically diverse? I wouldn't have cared. I wouldn't have pointed it out. I wouldn't have been like, Well, why are they ethnically diverse? I would not have given a shit. He didn't have to point it out. And he didn't have to name inner gang, which is a bad fucking name. <laughs> It's very on the nose. Um, what do you think of them overall, though, for the rest of the film? Because I liked the Kareem character. I thought he was good for comedic relief. Yeah, I thought he was good, yeah. Like, he had a... Uh, his batting record was quite good, I think, with all of his jokes. Yeah. Um, and then I, thought actor, the, yeah. I thought the kid worked as well. I thought it was a good idea to have... until he gave his speech, and the audio <laughs> didn't match what he was saying, and then it was awkward. That was, yeah, not great, but... It was yeah. I thought I everything think, other than that, he was a very good actor, and I think he did a really good job. Yeah, and I think it was a good idea as well to have him, you know, be the person that's trying to keep Black Adam grounded. Yeah. He has that one human connection with somebody, and that's what will keep him from going overboard and... Yeah, going young boy like his son... Yeah, full tilt villain, and exactly, it's a reminder of his son, um, and then same thing with like Adriana, also sort of functioning as that um, Black Adam's uh, wife who also got killed mm -hmm. in the flashbacks. Yeah, I'm gonna um, have a hot take about this later, but we'll get there. Okay, sure. Uh, so let's talk about the paint it black sequence. They drop Oof. the needle on that song. There's a couple times they do that, and I just don't get it. <laughs> Sometimes, was... sometimes I'm like, there's a movie and then they put in like a modern song for like an action sequence. And I'm like, okay, it works. You know, like it, like Guardians of the Galaxy does it masterfully. And then there are a couple other ones like, this is this is going okay. And then there's other ones where it's like, you're doing this and you could just have a score going. It would be more epic and you're doing this for nothing. Like like when they played Sabotage in one of the Star Trek movies. No, that, that was, was good. No, that it wasn't was good. good. No, it was good because of the line, oh, you're playing classical music. I thought that was good. No, it was bad. No, that was very good. Objectively, it was rise good. the way of the Enterprise. No, that movie's bad. Wrong. <laughs> well, I'm not saying about the movie. I'm just saying that particular moment. I thought it was good. I thought it was a good needle drop. I thought I the line bad. referencing it was good. The fact that it was diegetic music too. 
Yeah, this was just a random non-diegetic painted black thing because it's that a does cool make song it worse. And it's, yeah, it's someone black. was playing. Someone was playing the song painted black on like a stereo, and then it got like pumped up through the theater. It would have worked better, but still wouldn't have been great. The fact that it was non-diegetic, it was just like they added it as part of the soundtrack. It just didn't work. Right. I also think the whole sequence, while cool, in theory, did not work. And yeah, a lot of that came to do down like to the editing. Thing. Exactly, yeah, the like Quicksilver thing. And it was cool because they had, like the elements were there. They had the one helicopter blade that was spinning, but we kept losing track of it. Yeah. And as, by the time we got around, the, zipping I, around, I didn't realize that's what they were even doing in the first place. I didn't realize they were doing a Quicksilver bit at all. I thought he was just moving things out of his way to push forward. And then he would put, do things like he would put the grenade in the guy's mouth and then he would go away. And I'd be like, wait, but what happened with that? We didn't see it explode. Or anything. I thought it was going to be like he does something and then we see the immediate consequence of it. And then he moves on to the next thing rather than the setup of it all changing when fast. Mm-hmm. And then I caught on later. I was like, oh, they're probably going to just rewind it and then they did and i was like ah it just was very confusing that was another one that was very muddled because it sure was a lot of not only the editing but i think the cgi made it more muddled as well there's just so many smoke and explosions in the air that it was just hard to keep track of anything and uh just a flop big flop of a scene yeah very true uh another uh shot i wanted to point out what's the like muscle called here on your neck you know what I'm talking about? I forget what it's called. It's not the deltoid, right? Because that's like no, the, I think, shoulder thing. So I forget what it's called, but there's a shot where Black Adam wakes up in like Amon's room and he uh, gets up into frame and you just see the back of his head and it's those the muscles. The trapezius? Yeah. That's it's insane. A trap, bro. It's his trap muscles. The traps. Um, you see those. And they're just massive. Like I burst out laughing because of that. It's insane. Yeah. It's most. I mean, it's the only way to make huge. that costume work because it's, it's got true. a really wide collar. It does, you have yeah. to have big trapezius muscles to make that work. Otherwise, it's going to look like you have a skinny neck. It's true, but he certainly had huge trap muscles because they were. It was insane. It was an insane sure. shot. Um, but then, yeah, so we see him, and they're doing little gags of him being fish out of water and uh, trying to go out and you know, still attack people and they're trying to get him to chill out. We see Black Adam floating down through the stairwell as Amon's like skating down the hallway and then going cool. down the stairs. I thought it was cool. I was going to point that out as a thing where I was like, I like that. They I like that they also came an back and made it thing. an action bit too. Like they made that whole thing in action. That's true. Yeah. So it's within that it, room. Like I think it, it works well that way. It doubled oh. as a setup and then it was also just an interesting way to have them like go about a conversation scene. Yeah. I will say um, the rock looks stupid. Just spiraling down that staircase. Could you imagine being on set and he's on wires and he's just hanging there and they're just slowly <laughs> twisting him down? That's the really image of that made me laugh for sure. Yeah. But I, I will say it was a good idea though, and I think it worked. Even I think so. Just too. the idea is stupid. It is funny. There'd have to be some heavy duty wires too. Yeah. One of the rock. Big cables. Uh then the cowboy standoff bit. I thought that worked. I thought it was when initially they was they were just doing it for the TV thing. I was like, okay, come on, like that's ridiculous that he wouldn't know that that's not like a real thing. I'm glad um, it came back around. I yeah. don't like the execution particularly. I feel like it would have been even funnier if they really drew it out because <laughs> it was kind of a quick thing and they got through it and they moved on. I thought it'd be funny if they went all out and did the entire like bit with the song and all the different people. I think <laughs> no. that would have been funny. 
I think that would have been a little too much. I think it would have been great. Just draw it out for like a minute and a half instead of like a 20 second thing. No, I think the 20 second would have worked. Not all, not all the audience has, I think, the stamina you would have for the appreciation the for it. The ugly. That's exactly the case. Yeah. So yes. it would definitely have Chocolate worked for you. Remake. Mm -hmm. I would have um, loved that. I honestly, that would have made my day. If they really <laughs> tried to go shot for shot for it. It would have been bold. For sure. But yeah, I think it worked well enough. Like it still worked. Yeah. Everyone got what they were going for. And it was pretty cool as well to see as he was like zipping around between all the different people that were around him and not just the one that he was standing off in front of. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. Let's talk about the JSA, Justice Society of America. We got Dr. Fate, Hawkman, Adam Smasher, Cyclone, Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate. Thumbs up or kills thumbs it. down? Kills it. I love kills it. it. Absolutely. Fate. I'm saying... Give this man a Dr. Fate movie quick 100%. before he can't do it anymore because it was amazing. And that's why I was sad that it was obvious that they were building up towards he was going to be the one to die. Because I was like, no, let us keep Pierce Brosnan in this role because yeah. he's so good. He's so just elegant. He's amazing. Mm. Charismatic. Also, he's Dr. Great. Fate's just cool. He's also always true. been cool, always will be cool. And Pierce Brosnan is like the embodiment of pure cool. He just works so well. Absolutely agreed. Every time the man took off the helmet, as well and he's just like strutting in ah oh, so good yeah. so yeah i think that's great and i would have and it seems like there's room for it because we get the idea of okay the helmet is like this sentient alien thing yeah. um but yeah there's room i think to explore more of his powers he also talked about his backstory like him having it for 100 years or whatnot or just living that long so it's like Bro, imagine a force style story but with dr fate where it's just <laughs> him going through history with superpowers but kind of cool it would be sure it'd be a choice uh so i think <laughs> dr fate was dr. Fate a, in vietnam <laughs> god i think it was a big thumbs up for me yeah for sure i also think hawkman with what alice hodge aldous hodge aldous hodge i thought he worked really well too and at the I beginning was I, was, I was kind of annoyed by him at some points but i think that, that was intentional. that was the point yeah. yeah so i thought it was a good job because i do like and again they if they wanted to be more of a like thinking type film, I think it would have been great to use Hawkman to explore that because he is that traditional sort of uh, heroic character, right? I'm Where he's like, oh, we're not killing people. We got to stay within the bounds of what we're supposed to do, this, this, and that. So it'd be interesting really to explore him as the conventional hero, but he's the antagonist role in this film. And he's also the like wet blanket as well, not letting... Black Adam have his fun and taking out the Ender Gang people. He's a good uh, juxtaposition to Doctor Fate, in the sense that Doctor Fate is very much more wise and and uh, I guess what's a good word wise and uh, nonchalant, I suppose, very mm -hmm. at ease at all times because he leaves things up to fate. But then he also has respect for Hawkman, who is the leader, who is taking charge. Indeed, it's not something that Doctor Fate would do. But uh, they work together. They work well together. I thought so too. And yeah, I thought again, it was a little much how many times Hawkman and Black Adam were at each other's throats. Oh, for sure. Um, but I still think ultimately, I mean, yeah, it worked when they came together towards the end, and they, uh, you know, worked together to take out the big demon. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was good. And then they still they like begrudgingly had that respect for each other at the end. But they were like. You know, I'm keep my eye on you. If we cross paths, we may need to have a seventh fight, even though Hawkman got whooped every single time. 
Every single um, time, bro. I mean, he held his ground a little bit, but still was never even close to winning. That's true. But shout out to him for still fighting every he single really time, did. knowing it's a losing battle. A no bad respect. plan is better than no plan at all. What do you think about that line? So awful. That was a very big yeah. cliche that they had. And it was like, okay. Come. And it's like, sometimes it's not. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes having no plan <laughs> is better than having a bad plan. Because a bad plan can make things worse. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, and at least he'll be able to do things on the fly and be flexible if you had no quote-unquote plan going in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Adam Smasher and Cyclone, definitely the side characters, not much going on there. For sure. But I thought they were serviceable. And I also thought they're I thought little... Cyclone was serviceable. I thought Noah Centineo was just comedic <laughs> relief. I think he was just eating snacks the whole time and smacking people around because he was too big and didn't know what to do. Right. I wish he had had a mo- more of a moment because, like, the only thing he really did was hold the statue for Black Adam while Black Adam went and beat up Sabak. I don't think he did much outside of that, and if anything, hindered the operation quite a bit. <laughs> and I, I felt like I felt like it would have been better if he had more of a moment for himself because Cyclone didn't really need a moment because she provided le- like legit support for the team in yeah. several of the fights, and then also service the team with her intelligence saving uh kareem's life and say helping him on with medical stuff and like all kinds of other stuff she was serviceable in a very supportive kind of way right if adam smash is going to be the comedic relief where he flops a lot he has to have a big moment where he sort of saves the day to make up for all the flops he did and mm-hmm. uh helping black adam hold a statue just wasn't up wasn't enough I agree. They tried to go for something there, and I think props to them for doing it, for having a sort of dynamic where he's new to the team. It's his first day in the job, and so he's messing up a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Um, then he's got to have that big turnaround. They you know? do need, yeah, some sort of payoff there. But I thought overall, I mean, it was it was all right. I thought it didn't yeah, it distract anything from me. I think um, he was I good thought, in the role. I thought, I thought a like, lot of his bits were good, yeah, when he yeah, was messing up. I thought up. he was. He did. He, I didn't make me laugh, but he was funny, and I thought he you know, played the role really well. I thought, I thought, uh, what's his name? His uncle. What's Henry his name? Winkler. Henry Winkler showing up was hilarious. <laughs> I thought that was great. That was really cool. Because they just, they just FaceTimed Henry Winkler and were like, can you say these lines? And Henry Winkler did it and he did it great. And then they paid him probably an extreme amount of money to do it. True. But yeah, that was a nice little surprise out of nowhere. And it wasn't needed either. We didn't need to know who exactly it was, who his uncle was, but yeah. Shout out to Henry Winkler. Yeah, could you uh, imagine like young Henry Winkler playing Adam Smasher in like the eighties? <laughs> How cool would that be? That would be very cool. I could see him doing it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, but I yeah, thought the JSA was cool. I thought so too, and yeah, I did think Adam Smasher and Cyclone their little uh, romantic tension. I thought that was pretty endearing as well. They don't yeah, again, focus on it too much, but yeah, it was a nice little thing. That's like okay, they're. Like they're real people on this team. Well. Yeah, and there's something going yeah. on besides just like all the action going on there. So I like that they included that element as well. So the plot point where Amon gets captured and they go on the chase, this was the part of the film where I was really tuned in. I was enjoying it a lot. I thought they were hitting yeah. their stride uh, with a lot of the character dynamics. Like I thought the JSA was working quite well. I thought Black Adam was working well. I thought some of the things they do, again, I think I do, do agree that some of the action got muddled, but I think the choices that they were making yeah. were really good. I thought there were also some actually smart moments that they had there with um, the kid, him going down the little tube, which we saw earlier, uh-huh. but then he hides the crown on it 
so that they still think he has it as he's going through. Like, I got yeah. that. That was a pretty smart uh, choice to make. Um, I also thought them hiding I the reveal of it too, where he goes to punch Hawkman and misses, and then he hits the back of the thing to reveal the crown. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was cool too. Yeah, and then I also think the choice of we see all the like speeder bikes up in the sky, and we think, okay, Amon is in one of them, but he was actually just in the speeder bike in the back of a truck somewhere. I thought that was also a pretty cool choice that they had. That's um, a classic Indiana Jones twist. Is sure so they the, were marrying in the laundry baskets. Mm-hmm. So they were classic. taking inspiration from Indy. They did a lot. Indiana yeah. Jones. Yeah. No complaints here. You know, it works. Yeah, it's a good thing to take inspiration from. So you love that. But yeah, I thought I thought that was good. I thought the bit of Adam Smasher knocking Hawkman out of the sky. And then he does the thing of you and me. After this, you and me, which is a callback to an earlier thing they did. I thought that worked. I laughed at that. Yeah. Um, the whole bit later about, <laughs> well, the one shot as well of The Rock when he's in supersonic speed. Mm-hmm. And it's just his face like getting stretched out. Yeah. I thought that was a great shot because it worked so well for the meme of his, the eyebrow meme. So hopefully that's going to get used. Exactly. That's the one. Hopefully that'll get used for that because it's just so funny. <laughs> um in respect to them for like putting it out there because it's kind of a goofy shot, but it's it's one of those like old school cheesy yeah. comic book movie things. So I'm, I like that they had that in there. Um, and then the bit as well of Black Adam trying to interrogate the one guy, doesn't get anything, so he tosses him. Dr. Fate shows up and he's like, hey, where's that intriguing soldier? We need him in order to learn about where he is. <laughs> and then you see him fall out of the sky, hit the ground, and Black Adam's like, oh, he didn't make it. He didn't make I thought it. that was good. Like I yeah, thought, I thought all of that, that was the time really solid. Joke. Mm-hmm. I thought it was you... simple. I thought it was definitely very, uh, it's very tropey, very simple, but I think the timing worked. It's like, it's, it's like, it's a classic, you know, it, it, never it is a old. classic, but yeah, you're, it is based on like the wording of it and then the timing of it. And cause you know exactly what the bit is going to be, but if it's able to deliver in a somewhat interesting way, um, with solid timing, then it works. And that one, it did work. So they yeah. did a good job with that. Um, and then later when Dr. Fate <laughs> is just chilling, like in the chair as Hawkman and Black Adam are fighting again. I about love that. I love that. that. I love it too. Like I thought all of that was really working. And I'm like, okay, this is good. I'm thoroughly entertained. Mm. It's quite solid. Yeah. All right. Then they go into the the whole crown bit. Sabak tries to summon it. We go into slow-mo, which I did think was cool of like all the people trying to save the just random civilians. So yeah. I thought that was pretty good. Um, and then Black Adam steps down. He de-shazams. He gets locked away in some chamber where he can never say it again. Wait, then, wait, wait. We skipped the the, 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 the the part where Sabak has the crown and they have the slow motion thing. Huh? We just talked about that. But what did you want to say about it? This is my hot take. Okay, what so, is it? <laughs> he goes in... Slow motion, he saves Amon, yes, from being shot. Yes. Amon is alive. Mm -hmm. Amon is well. Yes. Amon is fine. Everybody's fine. Nobody's in danger. Most of the villains are dead. Why did Black Adam explode? Why did he explode? Why did he explode? Why did he go Why did he go boom? He (laughs) went boom the first time because his son was murdered, and he went and sought revenge and blew up and exploded everybody. Amon is fine. Everybody's fine. The bad guys are dead. Everybody's safe. And then he goes, boom. No. I think... Was it... 
I think did Black Adam stop the bullet from hitting Amon? Yes. He grabs it. Gotcha. Was he already going berserk mode? No, he grabs it no, and then goes and then blows up. <laughs> now now what they should have done, my argument, is they should have made Black Adam believe that Amon was dead. Because that would have been a more believable reason for him to explode. True. Let's Very say true. they put a bag on Amon's head. And then they shoot the bag. But it's not actually Amon. And then he explodes. But Amon's still alive. So you get the, you get the gratification of it makes sense why he explodes. It's reminiscent of his son actually dying. And Amon doesn't actually have to die. So it makes, it makes sense why he explodes. And Amon gets to live but still get hurt by the explosion, so they have to deal with the consequences of his actions. I feel like story-wise, because I was thinking about it in the moment, I was like, why is he exploding right now? Why? What triggered him to make him explode and literally blow everything up? And the last thing that made him do that was his son's death, which is much, much more intense. Right. It's possible that this was bringing up feelings of that. I think that's what they were going for, and it was kind of there, but I feel like it would have been even better if he was tricked into thinking that Amon was dead. True, but then you would have to have... So what causes him to de-Shazam after that? Because it was Amon getting hurt from him blowing up that made him be like, okay, maybe my power is more too well let's say, let's say there were, like... Let's say that this mining community was near, like, a camp of civilians. And let's say the civilian camp gets killed. Right. But yeah, and that's, like, a really hardcore line to cross. Yeah, but it would be awesome. <laughs> It would be awesome. Or maybe they get hurt. Maybe nobody dies, but people get really hurt. Sure. That's, yeah, more acceptable. And so he has to, like, wrestle with the idea of, like, I blew up for nothing and all these people got hurt. It would have to be, it would have to be someone, I think, related to Amon. Like, it'd have to be the mom or something. And then Amon oh, would come in and, like, see that happen. Yeah, let's, say, like, let's say Amon lives, but then the mom gets hurt. And then Amon gets really mad at Black Adam. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. There's your better plot device there. I'm not saying what they did didn't work. I'm just saying what I just came up with with you works better. I would agree. And I and the fact that I thought of it immediately in the theater was not a good sign. <laughs> it's like it took, it took almost zero of my thought power to come up with a better reason for him to blow up. Right. Again, I think they were still operating off like the same reason of where Amon nearly getting killed was Yeah, again, I'm not saying what they did didn't work. I'm just saying that there was a significantly better option, and it was plainly obvious to me what that option would be. <laughs> sure. And that was my big complaint with that scene. Other than that, I thought it was fine. The slow motion was fine. The tension was fine. It's fine. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it was all right. It's fine. Yeah. So Dr. Fate, once Sabak or Sabak, yeah, it's Sabak, once he rises up, and the JSA have to try and fight him. And Dr. Fate is like, oh, snap. We need to call in the big guns. So he talks to Black Adam. He's like, yo, help out. I thought this also worked quite well. Yeah, because I cool. thought, all right, Dr. Fate is fighting off Sabak right now. Black Adam is fighting his way out of the uh, like little hangar there. And he's mm -hmm. going to sham and zip on over and then fight Sabak. Maybe like right as Dr. Fate gets taken down. But that will be cool. What they do instead is have Black Adam start swimming up, take the breathing device out of his mouth when he is still underwater and cannot say Shazam. And then 
and I understand why they were doing it because they wanted to have an emotional moment and call it back to his son and his family and whatnot. So I understand the intention of it, but I thought they were building it up so well already to have this big climactic return for Shazam to come in. But then they just slowed everything down to have that moment with the flashback to his kid and then the kids being like, oh, you got to wake up. You got to say the words. Yeah, they it's dialed a nice, down the tension. A it's lot. a nice thought, but yeah, they undercut the tension that they were building up. And it also then is really hard to believe why Black Adam wouldn't have just <laughs> taken out the reading device in the hangar and said, Shazam. Why he did it in the midst of like swimming upwards. It just doesn't compute. And they did it in order to get that moment where, oh, he's about to drown and has a flashback to the kids uh, or to his son. But it was a bit of a stretch. And then we have Dr. Fate, him getting the sacrifice, which he didn't need to do at that moment. My man was really just like, I'm trying to die in the line of duty. I'm just trying to get over with. But he could have dodged that attack. <laughs> he could have probably sure. held him off a little bit longer. But anyway, so I was like, dang, they were building it up and it would have been so hype to have him come in at that moment. But yeah, they wanted to have that slower emotional moment, which again, I think in theory works. I don't know if it really packed a punch and also it, the leaps in logic to get there was, I think, also stifling it. Uh, then we have the demon skellies are attacking the city. <laughs> Amon and them are fighting. I thought it was ridiculous that I don't know where the skellies come up, but I did yeah. like that they I, had I, I the civilians Kareem fighting. Was funny going, it's okay, I die from electricity, and then he goes to fight them. That, that was, was a great. laugh. Yeah, the theater laughed a lot at that one. So yeah, I think the Kareem character really worked. Um, and then... Then we do have Black Adam eventually come in because the statue's coming down yeah. on the Mon after he, you know, saying a bunch of things that don't line up with his mouth. Um, it was really and then, bad. It was so bad. The ADR was awful. <laughs> he was also very quiet. Yeah, he was like he was like just saying it to the city. To yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, there were so many issues with it, and I was watching. It, I was like, this is just so jarringly bad. Yeah, it was not great. But again, the idea of, okay, the sun's statue is coming down on him and Black Eyed Master come in and save him. I thought that was cool. I also, bro, his costume with the cape looks so, so much good. better. So much better. Yeah, without the cape, it was always, it just looked really odd. Goofy. And also him being so bulky as well. But yeah, him having the cape, so good. And then the score that kicked in once he uh, stopped the statue, I was like, yo. They played Paint It Black again. <laughs> no. <laughs> But yeah, I was like, wow, when they actually went for a legitimate score in that moment, yeah. it was good. Like it delivered way more. Um, and then you have their whole battle, which I remember nothing of. I only, after struggling yeah. hardcore, I remember so him working his head. But it's yeah, the fight was not, fight. It was not, not that memorable. It was built up to be like the ultimate beatdown between two gods. And then he just, once again, just whoops his ass very quickly. Yeah. And I, I know you're trying to make Black Adam look strong. But the way to do that is make Sabak look even stronger, and then Black Adam still overcomes him. Very true. Black Adam just walking in there and just destroying him immediately, with with albeit the help of Hawkman. It's just not, not it for me. Mm -hmm. I did like him ripping his head apart. I thought that was kind of cool. I did think that was cool. It's a good shot. Uh, but yeah, then it's we have. It sure is. Then we have the final farewells at the end, and then. They ended off on the, so you're Teth Adam, but I don't know if that works anymore. What should we call you? And then it cuts to the title, Black Adam, which, why exactly does he call himself Black Adam? If he's like actively renaming himself he's the man now. man in black. 
I guess so. I guess that works. Yeah, for the, He's the man kid. In Black Adam. <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> <laughs> Quite a implication there. Um, but yeah, I guess that does call back to the him saying you need a catchphrase, which I thought was pretty cute as well. And then he did deliver the catchphrase at the end. Um, so I think, yeah, you know, you convinced me. It's still stupid. It's still a dumb trope, but it works. I guess it makes a little more sense of that. But just have him say it. Just for once, let them say it before the no, title. No, I like the trope of it cutting to the title. Nah. I like I it. The best one is in the last episode of the first season of Dave. It's great. <laughs> wow. What a random, like the whole uh, thing reference. is that like, the title of the show is just Dave. And the title card comes up almost instantly every episode. And then the last episode, they go through the whole episode without the title card. And at the very end, he's on like a radio show. And they're like asking him to play a song that's super controversial, and he decides not to, even though he really wants to. And he just freestyle raps, fucking kills it. And then the last line is "My name is," and then it just cuts to the title card. And it's great. <laughs> I think yeah, that would work. It works fantastically. Trope. But I think actually, unironically doing the trope at this point, it's a little much. Just have him say it. He's been trying to do this character for fifteen years. Just let him say Black Adam in the film once. Anyway. They do that. I did also want to draw attention to the throne scene where he sits down on the throne. He looked really cool in that. It, yeah, that was a really good shot of him. They built it up a lot of him, like, His adjusting himself really in good. it. And I was like, wow, that was solid. Yeah. And then he destroys it, and I was like, cool. He's yeah. like, oh, I'm not going to be the leader. I'm going to be a protector. I was hoping he for would do that, and I'm glad they went with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I thought... But yeah, him, him on the throne was a great shot. That, that was the money shot. Oh, it sure was, yeah, for sure. Because, yeah, they made it the poster as well, so it certainly was the money shot. Uh, the post-credit scene. Superman's return. Oof. You knew about it going into it, yes or For no? Sure. Yeah, For sure, I did. Sadly, <laughs> they were hinting at it and like outright spoiling it before yeah. the movie even came out. But Superman did return. The long-awaited return, official return. Uh, it starts out with Waller talking to Black Adam and like menacingly being like, "Look." You don't stay in line. We're going to have to send someone out and take you down. And Black Adam's like, no one can do that. And she's like, hmm, we'll see. And then the drone gets destroyed. And then Superman shows up. And then he's like, we need to have a talk. Here's the thing, though. Yes. Why would Superman be doing anything at Amanda Waller's behest? Good question. No answer. That makes no sense. So I don't know why they decided to have it be like that unless it's just entirely coincidental and he shows up because he i don't know he knew of this black adam person and he's like okay i'll go see what's well, going no. on it's definitely set up that he knows amanda Waller because amanda waller says i'll call in a, there's people off the planet that could hurt you and if you step out of line i'll call in a favor and then he immediately shows up so it's implied right. very yeah. heavily that he's there at the request <laughs> of amanda waller which is odd because it's Superman. which it doesn't make sense because amanda waller is not a good person at all and is should not be in any way officially it's crazy interacting with she has become in the dceu i think it's cool but she's, yeah she I should mean, not be working with justice league members especially superman of all of them makes no sense why yeah, she'd especially be doing that. i kind of want to see a suicide squad versus justice league thing happen and she that would be, be cool. at the center of it that would be cool um but yeah so they do that and then the other thing is i'm hoping Dwayne the Rock Johnson settles down with this idea of like an actual fight between Superman and Black Adam. They can maybe do it, but they can't dedicate a movie to it because 
Could you imagine? Number one, how are you going to contrive the circumstances for that to happen? Because at the end, we've established Black Adam's not a villain, right? He is an anti-hero in a sense that he like kills bad people. But again, he's not, that's like as far as he goes. That's the only reason why he could be considered quote-unquote Which is the line that Superman has also crossed. Which is true, yeah. So they already have established him being the protector for Kondog. He said that at the end, he's like, oh, I'll just be the protector. So that's his goal. He's not like going out to attack anyone. He's not doing things for selfish purposes. He's just saying he wants to stay and protect Kondog. So then how are you going to get Superman and Black Adam to be at odds? You can't have Superman supporting, you know, a forces that are invading Kondok because that would make him the villain. Yeah. So you can't Superman. do that. So then you have Superman's to have an imperialist. <laughs> that'd be insane. So you, you can't Kondok do that. The laws of white society. You understand, right? <laughs> so Black Adam has to, which the only thing that would make sense is, yeah, Black Adam would have to be like, okay, Kondok has been getting exploited for so and so long. It's time for us now to utilize our newfound power and expand. And they start invading neighboring countries. Or so you think Black Adam should like be the imperialist? Yes. That's the only way that would make sense that you still have Black Adam be the like villainous-esque figure in Superman. You just can't have him be bad. So he needs to just be the person that's like, whoa, settle down there, Black Adam. You're doing the same evil that was done to you. And then they'll fight for that reason. But then you always need to have a bigger bad show up so that they can stop fighting each other and start fighting that person. Who would that be for these Dark two side. people? Oh, God. They say, we don't need a Justice League movie for that. Just make it Superman and Black Adam. Um, so you have that. And then also, the whole point is Black Adam's a Shazam character. Shazam and Black Adam are supposed to fight at some point. It's supposed to be them that go at each other's throats. You can't have a Shazam v. Black Adam and then create another Superman versus Black Adam. Because well, there's no way you can repeat it twice. credit scene is going to be, right? No, why do you know? Be Black Adam. It has to be. Well, yeah, that could be the case, but that would support a Shazam versus Black Adam movie, which I yeah. do think would work. I don't think a Black Adam versus Superman movie would work. What about certainly, a Shazam and Superman versus Black Adam movie. They gang up on him. Ah, uh, it's possible. Steals a bunch of money. There's an animated movie that literally is that. <laughs> it's Superman and Shazam versus Black Adam. So they just copy that shot for shot. <laughs> yeah. So they could do that. Um but I don't know. I feel like that would detract from the Shazam and Black Adam thing because it's cool that they have like their origin stories and whatnot um, are being intertwined. A lot of interesting dialogue you could get from having the two talk. Exactly. So I think that'd be interesting. And then it makes sense for whatever the bigger bad is for them because it could just be some other evil god Shazam. wizard thing that has given those powers. So. Third Shazam. <laughs> Hopefully not that, but something semi-related to that. Um, I just don't see it being as compelling um with the superman or black adam thing or it making as much sense like there's a lot more leaps you would have to take yeah but yeah sure. all right so in reflection well how are you feeling now about the dc universe going forward do you want to see I'm black adam again james do you gunn. want to see jsa come back again what i don't do you think want it matters if i james want gunn to see do black adam again black adam's coming <laughs> back whether i like it or not the JSA would be cool to see again. Dr. Fate would be cool to see again. I'm sad that they killed him off so quick since he was the coolest character in the movie. I would love Me to have too. him make a comeback. Um, James Gunn, confident in him. Uh, looking forward to an actually well-structured 
cinematic universe going forward with these characters. Because uh, as much as I am getting exhausted by MCU, I would love to see an MCU-style organization applied to DC characters. Because I think that would be cool. Right, yeah. I DC was my original love. Yeah. Like, I think those characters are just top tier. And Marvel does too, because almost all their characters are <laughs> ripoffs of DC. Although it goes back and forth, but mainly DC usually originated most of the characters. Like Doctor Strange is a copy of Doctor Fate. And it's yeah. sad that in the, in the like public consciousness, people are just going to see Doctor Fate and think, oh, that's Doctor Strange. Or Hawkman. People have been saying Hawkman is like Falcon, which makes no sense. But I'm like, wow, okay. So if they have anything that's like mildly related the in just their power sets... Yeah, that's apparently the, the thing because their their power sets are completely different, as is their like origin stories. But um, isn't Hawkman an alien? Yeah, and he's like a he has like a resurrection thing as well. Um, so completely different, and it would be cool to explore that. Yeah. Um, like a Hawkman Hawk Girl movie would be pretty cool. Yeah, they're always um, just skipping to like combining. The I think it works for this one though. Of, it works for this one because they aren't the most major of characters you don't really need origin stories for dr fate or for hawkman or cyclone or, or adam smasher and that would be excessive but then it's like they just skip to the justice league very quick and those are they the did. main characters and now they're doing the the single stories afterward come on brah come on brah <laughs> yeah again they were trying they to have built up with an aquaman movie a flash because they did wonder woman and they did superman and they did batman versus superman which had just i mean just come on do one of right. each, then do Batman versus Superman. But they were trying hard to launch the universe to catch up with Marvel. And I think, again, I think the way that they did it, like if you were having to create a Justice League really quickly, I think the way they did it was solid. Well, yeah, like if you watch the Snyder cuts of those movies. They're good, they're yeah, they work. Good. Even Crazy. Batman versus Superman, the Snyder cut is good. Agreed. I guarantee. Yeah. It's just the, yeah, the way that they had to be condensed down to theatrical stuff didn't yeah. work so now the movies were bad, bad and left a poor taste in audiences mouths um and yeah. so that shot themselves in the foot but yeah if you had to uh create those teams right away i think the way they went about it was the best choice but again sure, you even can't do it in like a two-hour film you had to have the like four-hour cut to make I it just work i feel like so. it would have been better had they decided not to rush it because because honestly trying to compete with those avengers movies that were coming out in 2018 and 2019 you just can't do it because they put out Justice League in 2017, right? Yes. Yeah, there's, there was just no way that they could compete, and they should have known that, and they should have given them time to finish out Avengers and then taken the box office back after Avengers because they could have done it. Endgame comes out in 2019. If they put out Justice League in, well, maybe not 2020 because of COVID. If they put out Justice League <laughs> after COVID, well, at the time they didn't know COVID was going to be a thing. The plan would have been 2020 and covid not being a thing would have been a great plan so they would have been destroyed either way though because then i guess so yeah COVID the, takes the them EU, eu is never meant to exist <laughs> well hopefully growing pains will be finished and with james gunn they'll have a good solid path going forward I mean, and things will be able pretty exhausted by the superhero movies i'm not gonna lie you've been saying that for quite some time but honestly again because i just really like the DC characters, and it's sad that they haven't gotten their due in terms of a full cinematic universe. I'm excited to see where it's things nice go. It's nice seeing the DC I'm, ones. The Marvel ones are getting a little... I agree, yeah. Well, Because, yeah, they've exhausted... Like, the Infinity Saga, nice. That's good. But now That's everything... Awesome. 
they're it's just too obvious that they're trying to create all these like replacement characters that are also young that can be used for a young avengers film and the multiverse saga and it's like okay it's getting uh yeah exhausting would be a good word for it especially because yeah they have all this content on disney plus too so it's hard to keep up with everything like that's too much but hopefully i haven't yeah, even DC watched will take a more measured approach yeah yeah i haven't either um or miss marvel you didn't even or mention marvel, that one. Yeah. not good that that is being forgotten but yeah, I am excited for what DC is going to do going forward. I'm very excited for a Superman film. And yeah, they're cool. going to go for like the enormously joyful approach. That's what Henry Cavill has been saying, which Thank I think God. is good. I think so, too. Like, I Snyder, thought Man of Steel was cool. It was worth a shot. But, bro, sometimes it gets hammered down. I'm like, hey, Superman's supposed to be nice and friendly. I yeah. like nice and friendly Superman because he's a good juxtaposition to gloomy Batman. And they're both gloomy. It kind of becomes a lot. It does. I think they really need to lean into like Boy Scout version of Superman, like unabashedly, like cheesy and hopeful and optimistic, like the Christopher Reeves one. Exactly. Except, like, except done well. I think we need that. That movie's kind of sucks. And I think honestly, in today's day and age, like that'll be appreciated. Like we don't need the gritty stuff anymore. We don't need the like uh, self-aware stuff that Marvel does a lot of the time. Like have them just be genuinely optimistic and hopeful and a little bit cheesy but he doesn't care because he's just going around doing it can be cool i think it would have been cool to have seen christopher reeves batman team up with michael keaton as or christopher reeves, christopher reeves up with michael batman. keaton <laughs> keaton's that batman. i think that would have been neat because they would have been both cheesy and hammy and it would have been playful i thought it would be fun but they didn't do it because they didn't they weren't making cinematic universes back then they Alas. movies. Indeed. Yeah. All right. So out of how many hierarchies of power out of five? I think we're going to have the same answer. So can we do on the count of three, we say them at the same time? I don't think we're going to have the same answer, but sure. Really? One, two, three, 3.5. 3.5. Wow. You gave it a 3.5. I did. I did have fun. I'm telling you. Like, I, like as much as I have so many criticisms about it, at the end of the day, it was still just fun. That's a big win, I think, yeah. to get you on 3.5. Because I was like, dang, I'm going to get knocked for having a 3.5. But I enjoyed it. Like, I walked out of the theater very happy. I didn't I was... love it, but I still had fun. That's if, if all you deliver is fun with a bad, with everything else being bad, if you still give me something that's fun, it's at least a 3.5. True. I also think it's crazy, like, the Rotten Tomatoes score for this being, like, a rotten 40%. Yeah, whereas that's wild. Thor is fresh. Thor yeah. being fresh. I'm like, come on. DC make any sense to me. They get dealt all the bad cards because there's it no really reason. Did. Like, why are the critics? There's got to be some bias because why is Thor love and bias towards MCU for sure? Because like, I mean, I understand the hate against Batman v Superman, but even the Snyder cut of Batman v Superman has bad reviews, and I'm like, dude, it's good. It's legitimately good. So is the mm -hmm. Snyder cut of Justice League. So, well, I guess people liked Man of Steel. Even the critics liked Man of Steel. Well, no, that still had a. It was like a fifty something percent. Really. Yeah. Well, that was my least favorite of the three. But right, which makes sense, good. yeah. But again, it's crazy that, like, this is a good time. Like, it's a dumb movie for sure, but I think it delivers on just giving you yeah. some pretty solid action and, it's and entertaining action. That a lot of other superhero movies haven't been in a while. It's pretty by the books, but even though it's by the books, it's, it still works to watch. It's still fun. Exactly, yeah. It was still fun. So it's crazy think, to me. That I think is, anything I lower that. than a three is dishonest 
Unless you I are mean, just the kind of person who is a, like unashamedly hateful towards all superhero movies. <laughs> if you're that kind of person, of course you're not going to like it. Because it, right. it is a superhero movie uh, through and through. Like There's no cutting around it. It is a pure superhero CGI movie of these right. days. That is what it is. Like, it's fun. I'm, yeah, I wouldn't call anyone dishonest for this score. But I would say, yeah, I think what you and I went in for... And what we took away from it of just writing it on the, like our experience and being able to separate the fact that there's a lot of stupid stuff in this film. It's not that intelligent. They don't really try to be that intelligent. So for yeah. what it is, I think it delivered on it. And I had a yeah. good time. So I'm giving that a 3.5. Right. I, I answered the it question. I answered the question. I need you to answer it now. Do you think the hierarchy of power changed? I think it pretty much did not. But... It is interesting that the true hierarchy of power behind the scenes at DC did change. So that is funny. You're right. It all You're lined up. Yeah. The Rock made it happen. That's what he was talking about the whole time. <laughs> yeah, like, I wasn't talking about me. Movie. You know about James Gunn. So yeah, I yeah, think in a great. sense it did happen. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that is all the time we have. If you'd like to leave your thoughts on the show, you can email us at the box office show pod at gmail.com. Our main title theme for the show is Sundown by Joseph McDade. If you liked the show, please give us five stars on whatever podcast app you're listening to, and be sure to tune in next week. Have a great rest of your day, and stay tuned. It's very-